0: You are listening to Episode 8 of Quarter Share, a trader's tale from the golden age of the solar clipper. Written and read by Nathan Lowell. Previously on Quarter Share I was looking forward to a meal in a real restaurant where somebody waited on me for a change. I didn't really care what it was so long as I didn't have to serve it or clean up after. Three Darbati officials were there with a rather battered-looking pip. His right eye was swollen practically shut, and his face had a bandage taped across his left cheekbone. His clothes were a mess, ripped and dirty. "'How is he?' she whispered. Before I could answer, a hoarse whisper from the other bunk said, "'He's awake, needs to pee, and is hoping somebody will help him get out of this bunk.' "'Mr. Wong, please see to it that Mr. Carstairs passes the cargo handler exam in six days?' Chapter 14, Darbot System, 2351, October 28. After Mr. Maxwell's little visit, Pip and I finished cleaning up the lunch service. Pip started the cargo analysis, and I went back to studying for my engineman exam. I knew when Pip finished his empty container exercise for Mr. Maxwell, he'd be leaning on me to get him ready for the cargo test. Having been through that material several times, I wasn't terribly worried about it, but I was still concerned about engineering. I'd spent so much time in the instructional materials, I found I could practically recreate them from memory. The practice exams went pretty well, they were still able to fool me about 5% of the time. I hoped that would be good enough for the real test. At 1600, I headed back to the galley to help set up for the dinner service. Pip and Cookie were still closeted with the portable when I came in, but stowed it when I arrived. Dinner included some of the new stores, and it went pretty well. The variety in the menu was appreciated, Cookie had a great grand apple crisp with vanilla ice cream for dessert. While we were serving, I asked Pip, so, how's it going? He shrugged. Okay, I think. I should be done with another stand's work, but I'll be ready for a workout in a sauna. Oh yeah, I'm with you, I agreed. Tell you what, you finish your container and I'll clean up tonight. With any luck, we'll be done at the same time and we can hit the gym. He shot me a grateful look. Thanks, Ish. That'll help. I was a bit ambitious when I promised the results by midwatch. That's a lot of mass. And there's one other little distraction. What's that? I asked. The manifest shows an empty container on the Gugara to Marguerite run. Will he? I asked. Pip shrugged. Don't know. When dinner was over, I shooed Pip off to the computer and started tearing down the serving line, making the galley shipshape. It was so familiar now that I could do it on autopilot. I found my mind, wandering back to the cargo and engineering exams. I'm usually a good test taker, but this was a new context, and I had a few butterflies. Before long, I found myself chanting, filter the water and scrub the air down, under my breath. It was one of those little things that once you get it in your head, you cannot get it out. I found myself sweeping to the rhythm. It drove me crazy, but I couldn't shake it. "'There!' said Pip, from his corner of the galley. "'Done?' I asked, stowing the broom. Pip nodded. Now I need to go work out. He downloaded his planning files and sent them off to Mr. Maxwell. Only a 20% best-case margin projection, but we typically run a 12 to 15% margin, he told me. And that's the least cost-filled scenario. Gross margin goes down on probable maximum return, but the actual profit triples. How does that work, I asked, as Pip stowed the portable and we headed out of the galley. How can we make more profit on a lower margin? Easy, he said. Which would you rather have? Ten percent of a hundred creds, or one percent of a million? I sighed. Of course. Sometimes my own stupidity astonishes me, I told him. Well, maybe, but you haven't failed the cargo handler test twice either, he commented in a low voice. What? You failed the cargo handler test? I asked incredulously. He nodded glumly. Twice. But the content isn't that hard, I protested. For you, he said bitterly, I'm not a good test taker. I had a sinking feeling in my stomach, but I didn't say anything as we changed up and went out into the gym. My mind had finally lost the doggerel about filters and scrubbers, but had gained a new chant, perhaps better suited to the situation. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Later that evening, Pip and I got together on the mess deck with our tablets, and I walked him through the cargo handler instructional materials. "'But I've been through all this,' he protested. "'I know,' I said, "'but you've also failed the test.' twice, he pointed out. Okay, twice. So you're going to do it over again, and then you're going to take the practice test, and then we're going to do this until you get it right. It took less than two stands to get through the material together. You don't seem to be having any trouble with the material, I pointed out. He shrugged. It's not the material. I practically grew up on a cargo deck. Well, okay. Let's do the practice exam and see how it comes out. We settled in, and I breezed through the practice in a few ticks. I'd done them so often they were beginning to look familiar to me. It was approaching a level of silliness. When I got to the end, I'd gotten a perfect score. Again. Pip, on the other hand, was dithering over his tablet, checking, unchecking, rechecking responses. It was like he had no idea what he was doing. He finally finished and sighed. He turned his tablet so I could see his score. 35%. That was the strangest thing I'd ever seen, "'But you know this stuff,' I protested. "'He nodded miserably. "'I just can't take tests. "'Something in my brain shuts off as soon as I start anything remotely, "'like a quiz or test or examination. It was getting late by that point, "'so we headed back to the birthing area and bunked out. "'The chanting in my head was insistent. "'I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. "'I kind of wished the filter and scrubber thing would come back. "'It didn't seem so ominous. "'The next day went by in a blur. "'Time was getting short.' During our afternoon break, I sat Pip down, and I watched him take the test again. Again, he picked and unpicked and repicked his responses. There didn't seem to be any kind of pattern to it. It was almost like he was picking them at random. He did better, 40%, but still not good enough to pass. I thought he might actually have done better using a random number generator. We both sighed and headed back to the galley to set up for dinner. After cleanup, Pip started to pull out his tablet again, but I stopped him. Come on, Pip, you need to work out more than you need to beat yourself with that tablet anymore. The test is just a few days away, he protested. I sighed. I know, that's not helping. You know the stuff, it's the testing that's killing you. More study isn't going to fix that. So what do we do, he pleaded. It didn't seem like the same cocky spacer I'd come to know. There was something desperate and sad about him. I don't know, I said. But there has to be something. Let me think on it. We changed up, and I headed up to the track, started pounding out my frustration, the I'm-in-trouble mantra beating out in time with my footfalls. Four laps later, Ron Sham caught up with me and nodded in companionable silence. We ran together for three more laps before she said, "'You want to talk about it?' I looked over at her, startled. "'About what?' I panted. "'Whatever it is that has you so distracted,' she replied. "'What makes you think I'm distracted?' I asked." "'Well,' she said, nodding downwards, "'you're not wearing running shoes. "'You're either really distracted "'or just felt the need to tenderize your feet up here.' "'I barked a single laugh at that and realized she was right. "'My feet were beginning to get a bit tender "'from the rough grit that made up the track's surface, "'but it wasn't really that bad. "'We were approaching the top of the ladder, "'so I slowed and stopped. Ron stopped with me. "'Well?' she prompted. "'It's the ratings tests,' I said. "'Mr. Maxwell's ordered me to make sure Pip passes the cargo handler exam.' Aren't you taking it too? I nodded. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's that hard—not compared to the engineman one. So what's the problem? Pips failed it twice. Third time's the charm, she said brightly. I just looked at her. Maybe I said. But Ron, the instructional materials for that test are dead simple. There's nothing tricky or difficult about it. If you can memorize a few facts, you should be able to pass it. I'd heard that. Ron nodded. Food handlers the same way. After a tick, she said. Maybe he just has poor memory. I shook my head. No, Pip has a lot of issues, but poor memory isn't one of them. We've been going over the material together, and he hasn't been able to beat a score of 40%. It's like he starts the test and his brain turns off. She shrugged. Maybe he can't read very well. He can ask for an oral exam. I blinked. An oral exam? She nodded. Sure, It's an old tradition, but it's still in the handbook. Back in olden days, sailors weren't known for their academic prowess. The normal way for them to move up in rank was to demonstrate they knew how to do various tasks by doing them. Well, that makes sense, I said thoughtfully. She continued, There's a set of hands-on exercises that the education officer can do for each test instead of taking the tablet and stylus version. It's not very common because tablet and stylus is just so much easier to deal with, but it's still there. Thanks, I told her. That might just be the answer. I headed down to the sauna where Pip found me a few minutes later, still looking glum. The steam made the soles of my feet sting, but I didn't say anything just then. I wanted to talk to Mr. Von Ickels first. For the next couple of days, Pip and I struggled with the testing materials, quizzing each other as we served on the mess line or cleaned up afterwards. I began to be a bit more optimistic, because he answered correctly almost all the time when we were drilling each other informally like that. My conversation with Mr. Von Nichols had gone well, and I was feeling considerably less panicked by the time test day rolled around. It's kind of a misnomer to call it test day. They really test days. Each division has its own day. Some of the tests were rather lengthy, especially as you moved up in the ranks. Traditionally, the first day was engineering, then deck, then steward, and cargo was last. Cookie and Pip shooed me out of the galley right after breakfast mess, and I reported to the ship's office. I was the only one taking the engineman test, and Mr. Von Eckel set me right down to begin. I've always been a good test taker myself. It's like my brain goes into fast motion, and the world slows around me. When I start any kind of formal test, the world fades away, and I'm not really aware of anything except the flow of the test, focused on this question, this answer. I always thought it was kind of weird, but the results were usually pretty good, so I didn't complain. The Engeman test was no exception, and I put the stylus down at the end, it had only seemed like a few ticks, but the chrono showed it had been almost a full stand. Mr. Von Nichols shook my hand and said, "'Congratulations, Mr. Huang. I'll add the Engine rating to your jacket this afternoon.' He smiled and showed me the grade, 92%. I only needed an 80 to pass. Cargo, I asked. He smiled. It's under control, he said, and winked.
1: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm.
0: Cookie and Pip were suitably congratulatory when I returned to the galley to help set up for lunch, but I couldn't help think there was a certain desperate light in Pip's eye. The lunch activity soon left no more time for worry. Pip and I threw ourselves into the day's work as if that would erase our fears. I was cautiously optimistic based on my conversation with Mr. Von Ickels, but I hadn't said anything to Pip about it. I didn't know how to broach the subject, and I was still worried that it wasn't going to work, that I'd somehow let Pip down. Then I'd have to face Mr. Maxwell. Inevitably, we got through the next couple of days. The night before the cargo exam, Pip started to pull out his tablet, but I stopped him. Not tonight, I told him. You know it or you don't by now, and you know it. Beating yourself up over it isn't going to help you. It's easy for you to say, he said. Not really, but it's still true. Let's get a good workout, take a nice sauna, and hit the bunk early, I suggested. A good night's sleep will do as much for you as anything. Like I'm going to sleep, he said. I tried to distract him by asking, any feedback from Mr. Maxwell on your container load? He shook his head. No, but I wouldn't expect it. We need to revise it when we hit the jump point and grab the beacon data. That's still a couple of weeks out. I nodded, and we headed for the gym. Morning mess went off like clockwork. Cookie planned a low cleanup menu for breakfast, so we would be able to clear it away and make the test on time. A lot of people wished us luck on their way through the line. I was kind of surprised how many people seemed to know what was going on. We finished serving, cleared away. I even had time to make an extra urn of coffee. All the while, Pip seemed to get more and more agitated. He did his best to hide it, but he kept dropping things. Like... Thirty-liter stainless steel pots. Cookie wished us luck and sent us off at the appropriate stand. I really felt bad for Pip. As we made our way to the office, it was like he was heading for the gallows. Cheer up, I told him. If you don't pass the test, I'm the one who's in trouble with Mr. Maxwell. He chuckled a bit at that and gave a wry smile. But I'm still the one who needs the rating, he pointed out. It'll be okay, I told him. There must have been a hint in my voice because he looked at me sharply and said, What's going on? In all honesty, I had no idea myself. Mr. Von Nichols was handling the details, and I really didn't know how this whole thing was going to play out. But by then we were at the office, and I just went in without answering. Mr. Von Nichols wasn't alone this morning. Mr. Cotton, the head of cargo division, was there with him. Pip glanced at me, and I just shrugged. Mr. Von Nichols was all business, although I thought I caught a brief wink aimed in my direction." "'Gentlemen,' he began, "'since there are two of you this morning, "'I've asked Mr. Cotton to administer the test to Mr. Carstairs. "'Mr. Huang, you're with me. "'Do either of you have any objection?' "'We shrugged and just said, "'No, sir,' in unison. "'I struggled to suppress a smile. "'This was serious business, after all. "'Mr. Cotton was a smallish man, "'with huge shoulders, "'arms as big around as my waist, "'no hair, "'and a nose that looked like he'd run into a cargo container "'several times, "'at speed.' He grinned and said, Good, ya, yeah, Pip, you will come with me, please, and we will commence. Yeah. Pip cast one look at me as he followed Mr. Cotton out. I gave him an encouraging smile and a thumbs up. Mr. Von Nichols cleared his throat. If you're quite ready, Mr. Huang. Oh, sorry, sir, yes, sir, and thank you, sir. Don't thank me yet, Ish. He still has to pass, he said quietly, and set me down with the tablet and stylus, and so do you. He proceeded to give me pretty much the same instructions as the previous exam, and as he did, my brain slipped into its hypertest mode. This test was actually a lot harder than I expected. The materials were largely the same as the handbook, but there were some interesting twists in the presentation of the problems. Working with Pip, though, had given me a lot of practice. When I finished, Mr. Von Nichols was smiling. Nicely done, Mr. Huang. He pulled up the scoring display to show a perfect score. This wasn't as easy as I was led to believe, I told him. He nodded and grinned. Several people have said that. Pip's not back? Mr. Von Inkels just shook his head. Now, I don't expect him for a bit yet, but you're free to go. I'll update your jacket this afternoon. Thanks again, sir. Whatever happens. He nodded and patted me on the shoulder. You're a good shipmate, Mr. Wong. Don't worry. I think you'll be surprised what Mr. Cotton and Mr. Carstairs are up to, he said cryptically. I headed back to the galley and helped Cookie get lunch going. It was almost a full stand later before Pip showed up, looking a little bit bedraggled, but optimistic. Unfortunately, it was almost time for lunch service by then, and we didn't get a chance to really compare notes beyond a hurried, how'd it go? I was surprised to learn he didn't know. Mr. Cotton said he had to report to Mr. Von Nichols before he would release the results, so I don't know, he said with a shrug. He wasn't surprised to learn that I'd passed. Brain boy, he taunted with a grin. Well, it was all over for this quarter anyway, and we got on with the business at hand. Lunch went off without a hitch, as always. Cookie had gone overboard with the dessert course. Apparently, being alone on the galley all morning had inspired him to bake cakes. If I hadn't known better, I'd have thought he was nervous for us. Suddenly, lunch and clean up were over, and we just stood there for a tick, looking at each other, everybody carefully not saying, now what? I half expected Mr. Maxwell to show up, but he didn't. Finally, Cookie said, you've both worked very hard and I'm proud of you, however it turns out for you, Pip. Congratulations, young Ishmael. I'm sure you're going to be a credit to any department on any ship.' It hadn't really sunk in that I'd actually passed two tests, and I was eligible to move up when a berth came available. I was so worried about Pip and the trading schemes that I hadn't really thought about it. I felt rather dazed, truth be told. "'I'm not going anywhere right away, Cookie,' I smiled. He nodded and smiled back. "'I know.' But you've earned the ratings, and that's an accomplishment to be proud of. Pip just looked concerned. When we headed out for the afternoon break, I asked him, So, how'd it go? I told you, I don't know. Mr. Cotton didn't say anything at the end. He just told me he'd be reporting to Mr. Von Ickles, and then dismissed me. Well, that doesn't sound ominous. I tried to sound convincing, but I'm not that good a liar. What did you do? You were gone a long time. Really? He asked. Just over two stands? I nodded. I was done with my test in about half that time. Where were you? Mr. Cotton took me out to the spine. We crawled in and out of containers, and he kept asking me questions about this, that, and the other thing. I found one cargo strap that wasn't secured properly. We potted about down there for quite a while, talking about tankage, which you know we don't have much of here, and about the proper distribution of mass on the spine. You got into tankage and mass distribution, I asked curiously. Pip nodded. Oh, he's really easy to talk to. We talked about lots of stuff that wasn't on the practice exams. He paused for half a tick. Now that I think of it, very few of the questions he asked seem to be from the handler practices that we did. I chuckled. As much trouble as you were having with those tests, I'd be surprised if you even knew what was in them. He grinned ruefully. There's that, he said, with a little chuckle. Well, we can make ourselves miserable waiting, or we can go see Mr. Von Nichols and ask, I suggested. All he can say is no, right? Pip didn't look terribly excited about the prospect, but I dragged him down to the office anyway. The door was open, and Mr. Von Nichols was sitting at his desk, tapping away on his tablet. He looked up when we entered. "'Gentlemen,' he said with a small smile. "'How can I help you?' Pip stepped forward and stammered. "'Well, well, sir, I was uh wondering if Mr. Cotton had had a chance to talk to you yet, sir, uh, about my test this morning.' "'Why, yes, Mr. Carstairs, he has.' There was a long tick where Mr. Von Nichols didn't say anything else, and I wondered if Pip was going to faint.' Finally, he started to speak, but had to stop and clear his throat. <clears> throat> "'Please <clears> throat> please tell me, Mr. Von Nichols, How did I do?' Oh, "'I was just placing the notation in your jacket, Mr. Carstairs. Congratulations for passing the cargo men exam.' Pip-gaped. "'Thank you, sir. But, sir, um, you mean cargo handler, don't you?' Mr. Von Nichols made a great show of being confused, but I could see the edges of his mouth turning up ever so slightly." "'Well, let me check, Pip. I, I have the report from Mr. Cotton here someplace.' He muttered that last, as if to himself, but loud enough that we could both hear clearly. Pip shot me a worried glance, but I carefully kept my face blank. Finally, Mr. Von Nichols found what he was looking for and pulled up a report on the screen. "'Yes, here it is. Oh, you're right,' he said. "'You were testing for Cargo Handler, weren't you?' Pip nodded. "'Yes, sir.' "'Well, I'm sorry, Pip,' Mr. Von Nichols said, consulting the report. "'You seem to have skipped Handler altogether and gone straight to Cargoman.' Mr. Cotton was quite explicit and very enthusiastic about your qualifications. He turned to Pip with a huge smile on his face. Congratulations on your new rating, Mr. Carstairs. You seem to have qualified as cargoman." I yelped and started pounding him on the back, laughing and shaking his hand. Mr. Von Ickles held out his hand as well, and Pip shook it dazedly. But, he began... "'It's true, Pip,' Mr. Von Nichols said. "'Sure, it's most common for ratings to work up "'from quarter to half to full, "'but the reality is you can try for any rating "'any time you think you can pass it. "'You don't have to take them in order. "'If you can pass the test, you can have the rating.' "'And I passed?' he asked again. "'Mr. Von Nichols chuckled. "'Passed? You got full marks.' "'He turned the screen so Pip could see. "'Mr. Cotton is not an easy man to please, either, "'I can assure you. "'If he says you're rated as cargoman, "'I am not going to argue.' "'Behind us, Mr. Maxwell's too familiar voice said, "'And neither am I.' "'We turned to see Mr. Maxwell, leaning against the doorframe. "'Nicely done, Mr. Carstairs, and thank you, Mr. Huang. "'Well done.' "'Thank you, sir,' Pipp and I said, more or less together. "'Now, don't you gentlemen have anything better to do "'than clutter up the ship's office?' he suggested dryly. "'We beat a hasty retreat, heading for the berthing area, "'both of us giddy with relief.' Halfway there, Pip stopped and slugged me in the arm. You knew, he accused me, laughing. I didn't know, I defended myself. Although, when you said you'd talked about tankage and mass distribution, I had a suspicion, I admitted. Why? Because that's not on the handler exam, I said. But it is on cargomen. When Mr. Von Nichols started getting cute with the results, I got another little nudge. If you'd not passed, he'd have been a lot more, I don't know, straightforward about it. He's not the kind who'd have tortured you like that. If you'd failed, I suspect he'd have said something when we stepped into the office. It's not like a hundred people took the cargo exams today and he lost track. But why did Mr. Cotton give me the test? Why didn't Mr. Von Nuckles just sit me down beside you? Gee, I don't know, I lied. Thanks for listening to Episode 8 of Quarter Share, a trader's tale from the golden age of the solar clipper. Music is from The Lucky Black Cat, a hornpipe in A minor, recorded by James Curran and available on the Internet Archive at www.archive.org. This has been a presentation from Durandus, offered under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 2.5 license. For website and more information on the Golden Age, visit www.durandus.com slash golden.